many people have been asking me, how do I get my podcast up and running that quickly? Well, the secret is Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It can also help you to distribute a podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from a podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. If you're interested, find out more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Adrian Tan Show. This is my podcast where I have deep conversations with the people who are enabling organizations to become ready for the future of work. My guests include a mindfulness coach, the folks behind Singapore's most popular investment app, and many more. They all have one thing in common, and that is to help level up your organizations through your people. My guest today is Chong Ho Yin. He is the founder and CEO of Remo, a video-first virtual workspace for remote and distributed teams that foster real-time collaboration and strengthens company culture. Remo's mission is to make remote working an awesome experience that allows people to develop deep and meaningful relationships where it is difficult to meet face-to-face. Poin is a serial entrepreneur, product manager, digital marketer with an eight-figure Amazon business, a mobile agency, and also a $1 million ARR B2B SaaS business. His core passions lies in helping businesses to grow in a scalable way with software tools his team develops. Poin has over seven-plus years of experience building remote teams and has worked with Fortune 100 companies such as Nike, Best Buy, TJ Maxx, SunGuard and Cardinal Health. With experience in scaling three high-growth companies from zero to multi-million dollars in revenue, Hoin loves building businesses and processes for scale. Thank you so much for coming on to the show, Hoin. So to begin with, for audience that may not be familiar with what your company do, could you help us to understand a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Adrian. So at the heart of what Remo does is we're trying to make meeting people online, which traditionally is actually a really difficult thing to do, is making it seem very easy and trustworthy, easy to build trust, and most importantly, how to meet people, random stranger online, that is not creepy. And really that's driven around how do you create that first impression that develops that trust. And we have figured out a way where we've been able to allow people to network in an online event space in a way that actually matches the way how human beings meet people in an offline event. And at its core, that is really the concept. And that concept is what follows our vision, which is how do we create authentic conversations that drive meaningful relationships. And then for that, Remo is all about creating these online events that allows for these authentic conversations to happen. And we figured out how to do that in a really, really compelling way. I will be very interested to learn more about this because past week, I personally participated in one event. And it is our first virtual event, given that the physical ones could not take place. And it was really awkward. In fact, we have very little people that we could speak with. So I'm really interested to learn how do you exactly fix this problem right now? Yeah, so for our events, you only get really a good sense of how the event, of how the product works 
really if there's at least 30 people in the event. So the average number of, of people at, our, at the events that uh, we have are anywhere between uh, 50 to 70 people. And that's when you kind of start to feel the magic. And what, what we typically work with are communities or individuals who have like a tribe or following it has to be of a reasonable size to actually be somewhat have everyone a good experience. That's number one. And number two is a lot of it has to do with how do you market the event? Because people don't really know what virtual networking means, right? They, 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 there's, there's a, this, this is really new. A lot of people don't really understand and they're treading into new territory in this new normal. And so it's really critical to attract people by the topic and not, or some sort of purpose, and not by the actual concept of virtual networking itself. Because if you do like a happy hour or, hey, let's just network, that tends to not draw such strong crowds because it's not clear as to what you're actually doing. Yeah, you're meeting new people, but then you're like, well, who? I don't know. Like, how do I know that they're the right people? Like, if it's, a, it's a bit different than offline events where it's, there's a little bit more clarity and more expectation in terms of what you're going to take part in. So it is not exactly like a meetup.com, but like what you just shared is not exactly like, I don't know, a People Matters Tech HR event. So how do you market it and present it differently from what current companies are doing right now? Yeah, so maybe I'll take a step back and I'll explain in a little bit more detail like what really Remo is. I explained it in a very abstract way, but what it is from a product standpoint is that it's a, it's a map. Top-down map. Each person is like reflected with a little circle with their image, and each circle is is a person, and they sit on a seat. And you can imagine like a architecture drawing or like a top-down view, and it's kind of colorful, a little bit gamified. And there's a bunch of tables on that map, and each table has its own video call or conversation. When you double click on that table, your circle avatar moves from one table to the next. And, and once you enter that table, the audio and video of the people on that table will then suddenly show up. So you only see the people on that table and you have the freedom to join whichever table and talk to whoever you want. And so the key difference as to like what we do is one is that we've sort of mimicked this experience where you have the freedom to go wherever you want. And, and funny enough, people actually like their freedom. <laughs> and that's a key difference from us and, and um, um, other, other products. The second reason is the map that I just described to you, you can actually customize that map. And so we have huge companies, like large enterprise companies that customize the brand experience so that they can take more control over what you're seeing and more of immersive experience as a backdrop to you talking and meeting people. And so people use this for all types, all types of events, small, frequent events, or even to large, infrequent events. And how, and you mentioned about, it, it's going to be much more meaningful if you have at least 30 to 50 people. And I would imagine with different tables, different groups would have different ideas, agendas, and that, of course, help to make it more purposeful when you try to drop into any of this table. Is my description correct? Yeah. And, and that, that is like we have customers that run events like that where each table has its own theme 
or and each table may have its own theme and some sort of like table captain. That's also another way to do it. Another way is that they people just freely network. And the way how freely network makes it purposeful is that you have you you use content to attract people. So so you Adrian, you might say, hey you guys, I'm going to do a live sort of talk about future of work tech. And you 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 pick up like and say you talk about hey you know um uh, like running remote is happening right now so they, they talk a lot about this type of stuff and you could say hey we're we're bringing in running remote presenter uh, Liam Martin whatever and you use that as the anchor to when, why people come they listen now what happens magically which reflects how you do things as normal and as a human attending a an event is. You already talked about the context of the event of what the talk was about. Afterwards, when you get to a table, magically people just talk about the topic. They talk about the topic of why they are there, which makes sense, right? Because that that's exactly what happens at at an offline event. People just talk about what they've been listening to, and so there's a lot of magic that happens when humans just come together in this space. Humans just be humans. I've been to events, although it is structured under the technology HR technology umbrella, but people still have very different theme or interest. So for the com and band people, they may be looking into technology related to salary. They wouldn't be interested to look at things related to recruitment, and that really helped to farm things in a much more structured way. I totally agree. And and uh, I'm very curious how how do you come up with this idea? What motivated you to get into this space? So we first started with actually a virtual office. It's it's actually very very funny because this is about virtual work tech. So I've I've had a virtual remote team for over like seven years. I've been in I've worked remotely even longer, and we initially created a virtual office actually. So when you talk about future of work and talk about remote work, actually we started off with a product that tries to tackle future of work in a very direct way. And it was a similar concept, except it was an office, and people would just work at this office the whole day, and they would talk to each other. Like they would tap you on the shoulder, they would come in, and they would they would have these hallway conversations. So it's all about mimicking that sort of serendipitous meetings that you and your colleagues would have when you're working at an office. And what ended up happening is we found that. It was not the easiest market to sell. Like we were selling it around early of 2019, and back then, remote work was nobody gave a nobody gave a uh, a crap about remote work. Back then, it was just like this fringe sort of sort of uh, a trend, right? And at that time, it was very difficult to sell. And we were trying to figure out how to sell it better. And we we went on this something called Remote Work Summit, and we were partnering with the Remote Work Summit to sell the virtual office. But we were like, hey, let's do something a little bit different. And so we created this conference space where you could host a live conference about remote work. And we invited all these different remote work people coming in and they would all talk and all that kind of stuff. And then they would have networking between each of these sort of presentations. And so we had 10,000 people go through it. We were just testing it out, just like doing it as a project. And no, at the end, after the end of the three days with all these people going through it, no one bought the virtual office, even though that was what we were selling. Everyone was talking about how great the conference was and how they wanted to host an event with our product, Remo. But then we said, hey, actually, it's not a product yet. We need to, we need to go away and spend some time to do it. But 
the 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 response was just like just amazing, and and it, the response is still amazing. We still get tons of people who come in and and, and talk about and talk about the product and get really passionate about it. So that's kind of how we drove forward by purely by looking at it from an experience perspective. Yes, yes, we still have the virtual office. We still sell it. You can still buy it. Um, you can customize the map. I can talk all day about the virtual about, about virtual office remote work and and also about virtual events because th- this is this is where I started is is really these two areas. And given COVID nineteen, physical events are almost close to well, it's entirely impossible over here in Singapore. How has that affected your business? I'm imagining there should be a height and a height in uh, interest of what you're doing right now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's been it's been quite a journey. It's been quite a whirlwind. You know, we've been able to help a lot of people continue to engage their customers. And so, yeah, there's been a lot, a lot of heightened interest. It's been it's been quite incredible. And so, we've been um, hiring a lot, and we've been growing a lot. And so, so it's been it's been quite a ride. And given what you are seeing right now, are there any interesting use cases of Remo that you possibly may not have anticipated when you started this journey? How have different companies used Remo to really radically reinvent the way they communicate? Oh yeah, like we have we had our we have weddings on our platform now. People are hosting weddings. It's interesting. Yeah, virtual weddings. You know, some people don't want to wait. If you think about it, it kind of makes sense. And also, you know, what's the la- what's the hardest thing about having a wedding, right? Oh, I've got friends from all over the world and like they can't come because of this or that or whatever, right? This is like it's it, what I went to one, I was like this is a fantastic idea because now, I mean, how often do you and your buddies, right? Everyone's busy with their own lives. How often do they actually come together, right? They only come together for these moments like a wedding. But imagine now that you don't have to travel to be with some of your oldest, closest friends and you guys are all together at the same place. That's kind of hard. But those people who were organizing these weddings, this is what they told me. They said, it was so fantastic to see all my friends and I think I would not have been able to see all of them if it was a physical wedding. During the period of COVID-19, many companies are unable to go back to office and they're just unable to meet people face-to-face, which of course has broken culture in many different pieces. Is Remo something that could help companies to help cement that culture and keep it going? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Adrian. So what we've seen a lot of companies do is they use Remo as a way to have happy hours or to have internal functions or internal like meetups and stuff for, for the teams. And what we've seen very common is that like sometimes for happy hours, as I, as I is that happy hours sometimes they don't re- they lack a purpose. Like they don't know whether you should be like why you should go there. But what companies are doing now is that they will have someone, for example, present a topic, one person on the team. And it might be something that doesn't have to be related to work or whatever, but it's something that's interesting. And they, the presentation actually is very short. It's like maybe five or 10 minutes, but then everyone comes because they want to listen to the content. And then afterwards, they then network and they hang out and they talk to each other. And we found that to be very, very effective because then now people are talking about the presentation. So that's one way. The second way is something that, and this is something that we do and we've been teaching a lot of our customers to do, 
is you can host a happy hour and I will assign one person to create whatever that happy hour is to do, whatever it is. They want to watch TV show, they watch TV show. If they want to do this, they want to do, if they can do whatever they want. And what's happened is people, what we found to be the most effective way to keep team culture is to create team-based games that are competitive. So for example, we've had interns create like a quiz night where people sit like four, five or people sit on different tables and they answer quiz questions and they work together. Another one is, is that they have challenges, like challenges on each, on each table and, and we use the white, we have a whiteboard and they use the whiteboard to kind of like collaborate to figure out those challenges. Other ones have done been treasure hunts. Others have been like very unique, like uh, dungeon crawls. So people just go crazy. And, and what's happened is that we now even use this as a recruiting tool. So when we have candidates that are thinking that we think that are good and we want to bring them on, we ask them to come to our happy hours. And almost every, every single person after they go to a happy hour, they're like, holy crap, your culture is so good. And I mean, I think our culture is good too, but it's not about what the culture is about, how you express that culture. And we were all able to just hang out and have fun. And you could see people for who they are. And that broke the ice immediately for a lot of our candidates, by the way. And so we, we love it. Like it, it, my company loves it so much that people are always messaging me to change the time so it fits their time zone. So when it comes to building company culture, Remo is a fantastic way. Like it, it's basically like, like our way of, of, of meeting new people within the team and maintaining those relationships. Because then now people can then talk to each other and hang out afterwards. That's not necessarily during work, which is actually what you want. I'm curious to find out more about the communication aspect because uh, we have been through this few months where Zoom calls, Teams call are becoming a norm. And one of the key challenges I'm facing right now, especially in a larger setting, would be the fact that people would be cross-talking each other. I'm not sure how you are able to... Are you? Is this something that you're able to resolve on your platform? Because within... Within a networking event, within a virtual event where you have strangers all around, people are trying to say more than they're going to listen. So how do you resolve and make sure that such cross-talking does not happen and really impede the flow of the conversation? So we've come to understand that actually small group conversations is the key. That's the key. That's, that's how you resolve that. You don't have large groups. It's the smaller, the better three or four, max six, and don't have too many people talking, that encourages people to develop more closer relationships and reduces a lot of the cross-talking. And when you have large meetings, anything above like six, it becomes very difficult to communicate. So that's that's how I would say it. I'd say. And are there any specific events that you're powering more of right now? Right now, we're powering a lot of online like webinars, presentations that have networking, workshops, user groups, hangouts, internal happy hours. Yeah, the basic unit is networking followed by some presentation and then networking. And people will use this basic unit for all sorts of stuff, all sorts of stuff. They could, they could have three-day summits. We've hosted three-day summits of like you know, 10, 15,000 people. We've hosted small, really intimate group events of like 20 people. Some people use it only for like six or eight people for like a mastermind. 
because after the mastermind finishes, everyone breaks out into small conversations. So there's like a table of like eight in the middle or 10, like say eight in the middle, for example. And then there's tables of twos around and people can kind of jump in and jump out to have conversations and talk to individuals versus like in, 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 in Zoom, you can't really do that. Like you can't just jump in and jump out. Like everyone's just kind of like sort of in the same conversation or the, the, the person who is like the host can control, but it's all under his control. Over the past few months, if I've been through quite a number of events, I also came to learn many different companies, like I've learned about yours today, that are powering events. There's many of them and some of them have really crappy interface. Some of them looks quite interesting. How do you truly differentiate yourself over and above what you have just shared with us? So I do understand the concept of the seating arrangements. So for listeners out there, if you go to remote website, uh, you'll be able to see under the virtual office section on how the, the table settings and all that work, which actually reminds me of the floor plan of a casino. And I think it is something quite interesting for you to have a better visualization of the group that you're speaking with, to have better understanding of who you are hanging out with. But over above that, are there any key features of Remo that would really put you ahead of all the competition out there? So I think the things that, one of the things that, how, how we see when you think about events, right? If, if you went to an event, Adrian, like what would you, what would make it a great event? I guess is one thing to say. Like, what, what would you have to see or hear or whatever or, or do to make it say it's a great event? What would you say? I would say the speaker would be interesting. There's a lot of interactions. Interactions to me would be key because if you're just sitting back listening, in today's context, it is very tempting to be distracted by your phone, by something else. So interaction will really be the key for you to apply what they are sharing and not just listening or going through a lecture. Okay. So after you had great interaction, you had great, like all that, let's say an offline event, right? At the end of the day, like what is it that kind of encompasses that whole entire thing, really? It, what did you have? A, a great what? It must be a great experience. And uh, the great experience would encompass all the takeaways, the, the new relationship that you have developed, the subsequent hangouts that's going to happen after the event. But by and large, the experience, what you really feel about the event. That's great. And I think that's kind of like how we view events, right? So yes, there are the features. And I can talk to you about all the specific features. But at the end of the day, an event is about the experience. It's about how you meet the people, how you interact, and how you, 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 you get that overall kind of environment, right? And so all of the things I, I can talk about kind of lead up to that, which are the experience of moving from one table to the next gives you the freedom to talk to whoever you want to get the interaction that you want. The fact that you have to turn on your microphone and video, that forces you to interact. It forces other people to interact so that you're not just sitting there. So our engagement is like one of the highest that you'll see on any platform because you, you can't just turn off your video or audio. You can, but it's kind of like you walking to an offline event and then putting your mouth over your, over your, over your, over your mouth and closing your eyes kind of then it's kind of like, well, what's the point of coming to the event? And so we, it, that encourages people to like, hey, you have to interact. And then third is the fact that it makes it very easy for people to kind of 
go in and feel welcome and, and interact with people, our overall kind of experience basically allows for that. So we have a bunch of features that, that basically facilitate that because we've done a lot of research in the way how human beings interact. And we, we have those, those types of experience and features basically drive that. Geographically, where are the bulk of your customers coming from? Mostly is in right now our largest com- country in Asia is Japan. Do you think that's the case? Well, it's funny because like there was a, a guy who wrote about us in Japan and he wrote about us and compared us to Zoom and how why we're so different to Zoom and we just blew up in Japan. I ask the question a lot. The, the feedback that I get is Japanese people really like this sort of this sort of interesting slightly gamified way of approaching things and not only that's a gamified way but they like this sort of element that you can have this this there's there are some certain rules that you have to abide to when you go to tables and all that kind of stuff and these rules somehow jive really well with japanese culture like their Mm -hmm. own etiquette rules yeah. Could you help to explain about some of these rules? Are these unique to your Japanese customers or are these default features in your system? Well, they're, I think they're unique to... They're, they're, it, we don't change the product for Japan at all. So I think what it is is like, for example, Japanese people are very polite and they have a certain way to kind of like talk to people, move in and, and approach. And so when you go into a table like... They follow their own specific etiquette of like saying hi to different people and, and, and oh, they don't want to intrude. They want to be invited. So they kind of follow these certain rules. So that, and for some reason, this seems to fit with their existing culture and also allows them to, so it allows them to express that culture online. And, and for some reason, that just works really well for them. The gamification aspect definitely drive wealth with me because I, I'm, I've seen people who are using Animal Crossing to even conduct conversations, to get to know people. And it is definitely much more interesting than a typical Zoom call or Teams call, which over the past few months, I have realized can be very, very tiring. In fact, Zoom fatigue is a term right now that people are using to describe how they feel about Zoom calls. I'm very interested to learn as well about the kind of customers that you are working with. You mentioned about events companies. You talk about companies holding town hall. You talk about people holding weddings. But which of this segment would constitute your biggest customer base right now? I mean, we have several. I mean, it's not just one area. We have definitely many different sectors that are are, 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 are targeted. But in, in general, they're... A lot of comp- any company that wants to host an event, so just any 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 types of company that wants to host an event. So we've we've worked with like nonprofits, we've worked with like education, we've worked with like companies. I would say like yeah, those 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 areas. Anyone who hosts an event, basically. What's next for the company? What do you have uh, upcoming for Remo? Yeah, so you know we've got a lot of features kind of coming up. Data privacy is really something that we really care about. So we're doing data privacy, and also like rolling out some more features to kind of like help our hosts like make better make host host better events and we also have some more experiential stuff as well so yeah it's been it's it's going to be really exciting i'm really excited that sounds very exciting so for people who are keen to learn more about remo uh, where can they go to find out more yeah so you can check out our website it's remo.co 
and you can check out the best way to experience Remo is to actually go inside an event. And so you can go to the upcoming events section and then find events that are coming up and try to and, and, and just attend an event. Attend an event, meet people, participate in conversations, interact. You'll find that it is a pretty amazing experience. And yeah, just come and try the magic of Remo. So listeners, if you're interested to find out more, please go to remo.co to find out more about what Hoin and his team are doing in the space of events. From running your own events, your town hall, or even your wedding, Remo could be the app for you to try out. Thank you so much, Hoin, for making time today. I really appreciate this conversation. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it will be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this podcast and the episodes out to more people who may find it useful. I will see you in the next episode of The Adrian Tan Show.